0: Hello, everybody. Today's guest on the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle is 2012 NBA champion Ronnie Turiaf. Episode 15 of the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle. Come in and stay a while. I hope you can join me for the next 30 minutes or so with Ronnie Turiaf, 2012 NBA champion. He's my guest today. I managed to catch up with him in London on Monday. The NBA, of course, in town this week. The Indiana Pacers and the Denver Nuggets are going to go up against each other this Thursday, 8 o'clock tip-off at the O2 Arena. Ronnie Turiaf, you don't know him too well. He's played for a lot of teams, seven in total in the NBA, including the LA Lakers, the New York Knicks, and he was a 2012 NBA champion with the Miami Heat when they had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh all on the same roster. So I was intrigued to find out how he helped Eric Spolstra in Miami to get those three egos to play together and be successful. We will talk, of course, about the big story about Ronnie, which is that when he was drafted by the Lakers in 2005, Lakers doctors soon told him that he would need open-heart surgery. At that point, he had a lot of decisions to make in terms of his life, not just his dreams of playing basketball professionally, but his life in general. He talks candidly about that, amongst other things, like towel-waving, his island where he grew up, Martinique a region of France and how special you have a bond with an island like that and growing up and then having to leave of course to try and make it big in the NBA lots of topics to discuss as well NBA in London like I mentioned we'll look ahead to the Pacers and Nuggets game this Thursday we'll go back on the wild card weekend in the NFL and look ahead to the divisional round which is certainly going to be a lot more exciting at least on paper you'd hope Uh, the wild card games didn't really live up to their billing the divisional round is looking very tasty indeed NBA News, Kyle Corver's going over to Cleveland. Good pickup by the Cavs. They had to give up quite a bit to Atlanta, though. And the Jags bring in Doug Marone. They're sticking with Blake Bortles, it seems, with that coaching change. Congratulations to Clemson as well, national title winners in college football against Alabama. And Guys, I just wanted to tell you about our sponsor here on the U.S. Sports Podcast, particularly with the NFL playoffs rolling through. We are sponsored by our partners at redzonesports.com. The bespoke British bookmaker for American sports. As well as the best odds on US sports, money can't buy prize promotions, and their very own cheerleading squad, you can get an exclusive £60 deposit match bonus as a new customer by using deposit code USSP on your first deposit. Red Zone is for over 18s only. Betting should be fun, so please gamble responsibly. It's really easy. RedZonesports.com, top right hand corner. On the register button and there you go, enter deposit code USSP and you will double your stake money. So go ahead and have a look at that, redzonesports.com. So I mentioned on the top of the show, Ronnie Turiaf is our guest today, 2012 NBA champion, former LA Laker. He's been teammates with some of the best NBA players we've ever seen, Wade, LeBron, Kobe, the list goes on. He's got a great story, he's a great guy, a lot of energy. I caught up with him in London early this week, here's Ronnie Turiaf.
1: Happy to say we are joined by Ronnie Turiaf. Talk about the island you grew up on first, Martinique. How did it shape your personality? Martinique
2: is who I am. Martinique is what I breathe. Martinique is what I think about. Martinique is what I dream about. Um, growing up in a small island, um, in a small community, uh, makes you uh, very appreciative of your surrounding, but also appreciative for of who you grew up with. Um, it's a small town mindset where you're just um, happy to be alive and happy to go to the beach with your friend. And it's very community-driven, very, very community-driven. And I think uh, that shaped me in a way that um, I've always looked for. What is my community? What is my tribe? Um, and um, it's, it's actually pretty, uh, pretty interesting for me because I left home when I was 14, and ever since that day, my heart has been a little bit empty about being away from where I really want to be in a sense. So yeah, Martinique, I wouldn't be who I am today without my island that I love so much. I got it title on my body. So what does the tattoo say? Madinina forever. Madinina forever. Um it's 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 a very hard um um feeling to be able to convey in words because it's like all of us that leave our island to try to make a better life for ourselves feel the exact same way we all feel like a piece of our heart is still there and it's almost like when i go back home i'm the 14 year old ronnie and i can be me and just everybody is like so excited that ronnie is back but just ronnie not ronnie Turiaf, you know what i mean so it's uh i don't know i don't know i don't know it's I just love talking about it to get to tell the truth. I could just do the whole interview about Martinique, but yeah, I, Norwegian airline from Boston, uh, Baltimore, they go to Martinique and it's like it's only like two hundred and fifty bucks.
1: I hope you're getting a fee for this advertisement.
2: No, I mean because I care so I care about my island. I don't I, I don't need anything. I just want people to experience to come where I'm from. You know, because I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the heritage that we have. I'm proud of the fact that. We, as Caribbean, fresh West Indian, are everywhere in the world. We're not just in Martinique. We are in Africa. We are in, we are in uh, Singapore, Hong Kong. We are doing amazing thing in the world. So, I just I'm proud of the fact that a small island for of 400,000 people have people all
1: over the world doing amazing things. So I don't really want to get paid for it because it's pure. It's coming from the heart. You're good friends with Boris Diaw. Yeah. Um, have you had two had a conversation about how? well France is doing in the NBA and it's kind of it's it's really got its fingerprints on the league now
2: yeah we we've talked about that for for a while now um it started with uh Tariq Abduahad and Jerome Mohiso before us you know and those guys and and Frederick Weiss too but those guys were like the first ambassador for the the French national team you know um in, in the NBA so it was a uh, it was amazing for us to be able to see to see those guys that made it possible uh, for us, but uh, we talked about it. We talk about us being one of the, if not the highest, uh, international nation in the NBA. We always brag about that sometimes, you know, it's fun. But it, it's cool to see your your peers in succeeding in the NBA and having success and having fun and just going to dinners. Uh, it's cool to go to free dinners uh, wherever we meet some French people. So it's fun.
1: Getting into basketball. Am I right in saying that was an accident for you? I've I've heard you on a couple of shows saying that it was kind of it just came out of the blue.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a fair assessment.
1: Can you tell us why? Because I wanted to be
2: a goalkeeper in soccer. Uh, uh, my first love was soccer. Um, that's what I dreamed about when I was a little kid. Um, that's the only thing that was past that was in my frame of reference. Because. Um, if you don't remember, there was a guy from French Guyana named Bernard Lama. He was the French goalkeeper for the biggest, at the time, the biggest uh, team in, uh, in Paris, Paris Saint-Germain. And that was what was my frame of reference about the idol that I had. I was like, okay, if that guy can do it, I can do it too, you know. So I stepped into basketball, and uh, I was a very young and very wild um, young boy. So I laid out all of my passion uh, in basketball because I felt like it
1: was something that I could do. But,
2: yeah, it was a total accident.
1: What were the steps necessary then for you to go from one year playing basketball, you started when you were 14, to ending up in Paris at the Institute of Physical Education?
2: I went to this tournament, and I'm blessed. I'm I'm a lucky guy. Regardless of what happened, I'm a lucky guy. I just went to this tournament. This guy was there, and he saw this crazy 6'7", six, 6'8" um kid that was jumping everywhere screaming everywhere and all that stuff and he offered me a scholarship uh with one of my friends at the time to go to paris and that's how I ended up in paris and then the rest is history
1: i think the most poignant story about you is you were drafted by the lakers in 2005 and then the team medics i know you know, you know what i'm going to say now they told you that you'd need open heart surgery your contract at that point was then void What were your choices? Obviously the surgery was there, but what were your choices at that point?
2: To stop playing basketball and stop doing sports and taking medicine for the rest of my life and collect the insurance money.
1: And what did you say to that? I'm cool. I'm playing basketball again. Did anyone advise you that that was a
2: good decision? I'm gonna be completely transparent. I did not really give a damn about what nobody else had to say. I was on a mission to provide financially for myself and my family. So there was no other choice. It was either death or making my family be taken care of. It's as simple as that. So it was a, I didn't even think about it twice. It was just, okay, these are your two choices. Okay, cool, let's do it. And then two days later, three days later, I was having heart surgery.
1: And you said because it was such a quick turnaround, you didn't really have a chance to worry either. But there were so many emotions during that press conference as well that you had to do. Yeah, because I don't like to talk. I don't like, the one thing that,
2: my close friend know, I'm a very shy person. I don't like to talk. I don't like to be in the front front. And this something that now I, I somewhat deal with on a little bit better basis. But at the time when I saw all of those cameras in front of my face, I just panicked. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, why is everybody there? Like, I gotta go have surgery. And I guess it must be, um, it must be a bad thing. And then what happened is that uh, I got emotional when I started talking about my family. Cause they're they're the one that I, they're the reason why I did what I did. I mean, if it was for me, I'd just be chilling, man. But because of I want to provide for them, I want to be accomplish great things. So when you think about your mother and when you think about your sister and all of the things that maybe one day I will talk about what we had to go through to still be here, to still be there at the time. That stuff got me, man. That got me, cause it's personal. It's, it's bigger than just basketball, you know what I mean? So I got a little bit emotional, but, you know, I got over it and I went and took care of business afterwards.
1: One of the things I was really looking forward to speaking to you about, I went to Gonzaga camp in 2007. and I remember seeing the gym for the first time. When I really, like, loved basketball playing at that time. And you were with Alan Morrison as well when you were there for four years. How did Spokane treat you? And... What happened to Adam Morrison as well? Do you think he's, he's happy with the career he had? Because he was so highly um, valued when it, coming out of college.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you'd have to ask him about, about that question. Because speaking for somebody else is not something that I, that I enjoy doing. Uh, but tr- Spokane treated me like a second family. I mean, I hated the weather. <laughs> but if it wasn't for uh, my coaching staff, family, the wives, and my teammates and um i would have i would have not stayed there for too long you know i almost wanted to transfer i think my mother came and she was like oh it's okay honey you can deal with the cold weather i was like mom we're from the caribbean man i can't deal with this but it's you can see the power of your mind you can decide to do anything you want to do in life but uh adam adam is good i talked to him uh, a couple weeks ago he's good He's, uh, he's chilling he's living life um um with his daughters and stuff i think uh You'd have to ask him about his career. But the one thing that I can say that is not speaking for him in life, nothing happened according to plans, regardless of what we want to say as human beings. We're not gods. We're not controlling everything. It's like, yeah, magic wand. Everything is going to happen perfect. No. So, you guys, it's always easy and it's always fun for the media to put someone on the pedestal and then to talk about how hard they fell. So,
1: just ask him. I think he's good. If he's ever here, I will. Um, Stephen Curry, when he joined the Warriors, you were a team captain. So what was your role when he was coming in? <laughs> uh, and, and did you expect to see the rise that we've seen? Of course, yeah. yeah I definitely expected that. I've, I've
2: definitely talked a couple of times to uh, my teammates and my friends about that. But Steph, was fun. I remember just playing Call of Duty with him, and I remember just having a good time. It was just uh, this kid that was a sponge for... Um, Wanted to get better and wanting to have an impact on the basketball team.
1: You were an NBA champion in 2012. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, all on the same team. But I'm really interested to know how you kind of helped that side because that's three egos coming together. Eric Spoelstra is a young coach as well. What was your role on that side?
2: Well, my role was uh, to provide defensive intensity, high IQ, just being the bridge, just being the blue-collar thing that, uh, that I end up just – making everything sticks together. And I think that the, the beautiful thing about this team was, uh, just like Eric poster said, we all had a shining moment. And my role, because I got there in February, my role at the end was supposed to be to play a little bit of minutes, and then I ended up starting eight, seven or eight games when Chris Walsh went down. So all of us, everybody had a key moment, and I think that's what makes championship team specials, because everybody plays a key part. What do you think London has to offer the NBA? Excitement um, from a fan perspective. When we see what happened uh, in the Premiership as far as the excitement for all of the London team and stuff and, the, and what is going on in the stands, I think that can be duplicated to the game of basketball. I also think that uh, London offers great um, infrastructures uh, for the game of basketball and the fact that uh, there is so much uh, excitement for sports in general here in London, so um, I think London is definitely a, a great place to be.
1: I was in Miami last year before the game last season. Toronto and Orlando were playing here, and one of the journalists told me that he thinks there'll be a mini-league, if you like, in Europe within the next 10, 20 years. We've seen a lot of growth with the NFL here, but not necessarily the NBA. Does it have to be just London? Because the NBA is so successful globally, right? Yeah, the
2: NBA is very successful globally. And I think that, uh, I hope that it happens for the sake of basketball, for the sake of the kids coming up behind. And I think that's a easy evolution of, uh, of of sports in general. And we see that the NBA wasn't coming as much in the past. Uh, maybe the McDonald games back in the days, you know what I mean? But it's fun. It's fun to be able to see that. And, uh, I can't wait um, to see the NBA having a mini league here. It would be fun. I mean, you can see that they're studying the opportunity. They're looking at it. They're trying to see if it makes sense. And they obviously need a bigger gym, uh, bigger arenas and with suites and stuff like that because it's a business. So uh, it's, it's exciting to see what are the possibilities.
1: One of your former teammates, Kobe Bryant, grew up in Italy. And you said yourself one of your proudest moments was in the Olympic Stadium in 2012 with Tony and Boris. European basketball and the influence it's having in the NBA now. What do you make of that? I love it. I
2: love it. I love the, the, the fact that it's, it's, it's Europe, but it's also international. I mean, it's it's Africa. There is about thirty eight African descent players. I mean, it's Caribbean. It's it's, uh, it's South American and stuff like that. So it's 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 beautiful to see that the game of basketball is being played everywhere now. To know to see that Kobe, yeah, grew up in Italy and just uh, learned the fundamentals of basketball over there by his father just playing professional here too. You see that Americans are playing everywhere. When you see a Pugitor, for example, playing in a European championship with Ukraine and stuff, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to share all of those moments uh, that transcends
1: nationalities. So it's, it's fun. So this Thursday, it's Indiana against Denver. Why should people watch and what are they looking out for? They
2: should watch because in the Denver Nuggets, there is a bunch of international players. Uh, and uh, they have a guy that overcame a broken leg in, uh, in the Pacers, uh, and there is a guy, there is a team uh, that is being put on by Larry Burr. Now that's, that's already, uh, that should be enough right there, and the fact that it's going to be a great show, and the fact that it's actually a regular season game, and uh, it counts, it's not a preseason where it's, uh, it doesn't really count. At the end of the day, we're all trying to make the playoffs, we're all trying to win basketball games, so it's going
0: to be a good battle. Just jumping into the Ronnie Turiaf interview to talk about our sponsors at RedZoneSports.com, the bespoke British bookmaker for American sports. As well as the best odds on US sports, money can't buy prize promotions and their very own cheerleading squad, you can get an exclusive £60 deposit match bonus as a new customer by using deposit code USSP on your first deposit. Red Zone is for over 18s only. Betting should be fun, so please gamble responsibly. That's redzonesports.com. Enter code USSP to double your money. Let's get back to NBA champ Ronnie Turia.
1: Now people remember you for that huge dunk you had with France. You played in the NBA for I think seven teams. Also on the bench, you were very energetic. You waved the towel, you screamed at your teammates. Is that what you're like off the court as well, or is that just something that you do in basketball? That's something that I do in basketball. I have
2: two different. I have two personalities. Maybe I'm bipolar. Who knows? Um, I um, I'm, I have two very distinct personalities, and I usually compare that to my two favorite NBA players, who are Kevin Gardner and Tim Duncan. On the court, I play with Kevin Gardner inspired me to play with that intensity. And off the court, I am somewhat reserved. And I don't really want to talk too much. I only want to be my friends and just hang out like, uh, like I was in Martinique, just hanging out with, the, with my friends, I, the way that I grew up. So people sometimes, it's a shock for them when they come and they see me just like not really being excited about, just being talkative. They're like, yo, what's wrong? It's like, no, 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 no. It's a different Ronnie. So, uh, so yeah, but I, I enjoy just um, working on letting people get to, to know who, who is the real Ronnie uh, of the court. But, yeah, on the court, man, life is fun, man. Life was fun. I, I survived a whole bunch of obstacles to get to where I was in the NBA, and um, I wasn't supposed to be there from a kid in a small Caribbean island, and I wasn't supposed to be there. So I've been out the odds, so why not celebrate life?
1: You talked about Tim Duncan there. Did you take refuge in the fact that he was also very – he seemed very shy. He didn't really like to talk to the media. And then, obviously, your friend Tony Parker had to do the, reti- the speech. They retired his jersey the other week, Tim Duncan. So, did he take refuge in knowing that Tim Duncan, great player, but also didn't really like talking?
2: Not really take refuge, but it was it was. It's always fun to see your favorite player just uh, having part of the same personality that you do have. You know what I mean? And I got a chance to talk to him over the years because of Tony, obviously and just exchanging with him and had some really cool dinners and really the opportunity to just break bread with someone that has inspired you I mean the guy literally inspired me that's why I wear number 21 so it was actually really funny for me to watch him being uncomfortable when uh they was talking about him it's, it's, it's fun I was enjoying that you know what I mean cause he is well deserved and what he's done for Tony for San Antonio for Greg Popovich for Boris Dia for uh the game of basketball is tremendous and uh to know that he's from a island just like I am is something that I'm proud of and it's,
1: it's, it's fun. And he didn't wear jeans or a sports jacket either and I think he won a couple of bets for that. I <laughs> love that moment. Um, what's your next challenge? Because you're retired now. You've, you, you said you had that target of having 100 caps for France and you played 10 seasons plus in the NBA. Is it meditation or is there anything more? What's next for Ronnie Turia? Medi- meditation is
2: definitely part of my life. Uh, what's next for me now It's really limitless it's, it's really using the fact of the, that I have a story to tell is to share my story, is it through a podcast is it through a radio show is it through writing books, I don't know um, uh, is it, but one thing that I can tell you is that I will go to every country in the world uh, mm-hmm. I will surround myself with a team of inspiring people that inspire me, that pushes me to be a better version of myself and I will focus my attention in social entrepreneurship, uh, to be able to do well in the world by doing good Uh, what shape or form would I take I don't really care the same way that I was a 14 year old kid that wanted to take care of of his family financially and I didn't really care how it happened I find myself feeling that same anxiety about oh yeah what's coming next but also that same confidence and same uh, focus into knowing that whenever I follow my heart that takes me to the right places when I don't I end up getting myself in trouble in a situation
1: that I didn't want to. So uh, it should be fun. Stay tuned. So where's the country that you'd like to really go next? And what kind of activities do you like to partake in? The real society, you know, go and do everything that the locals do, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if I had to pick a couple of destinations, and I'm going to allow myself, I know you said one, but I don't really care. I'm going to tell you the one that I really want to go to. I want to go to Australia because I really want to study uh, the culture, and especially with having heard some stories about Patty Mills and just the story of Australia and some friends of mine, Nick, uh, in L.A., but uh, there, and then go to Vanuatu, right next door. And I also want to go back to Japan, but also this time not go to Tokyo, but go to Kyoto, and there is a film festival in a city called Amori, I think, that I w- that I want to go to. And I want to go to the last one. Hong Kong, or spend some time in uh, Argentina and do the whole coast coast of Patagonia. So yeah, those are the three things right now on top of my mind that I want to make happen.
1: I have got some quick ones here, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Which teammate worked the hardest outside of you during your career?
2: I was definitely not up there, uh, Kobe Bryant.
1: Yeah, what's he like? He's a workhorse, right? And did you ever see him call out a few teammates? yeah
2: but that's 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 fun it's fun it's fun to be to be able to be around him because he just brings you he brings the best out of you he brings the best out of himself but also is is totally uh it was totally okay for somebody else we go at him because that's what makes makes it fun practice was fun there it was fun
1: do you have an opinion on the curry 2 shoes that look like my grandma's tennis sneakers i do not have an opinion on the curry shoes i don't even know what shoes are those you need to check them out Yeah, do it. Uh, What was your defining basketball moment? Defining basketball moment. Whoa,
2: great question. I mean, for me, yeah, it was the dunk, maybe the dunk against Belgium because it was at a time when the French national team was struggling and my mother was in the stands and everybody was in the stands and having 7,000 people scream your name for like five minutes was pretty crazy. And then to have broken that guy's ribs made me very happy because I did not really like Belgium at the time. I like them now, though. Do you have the poster? No, I don't. I don't have the poster now. I'm not a very big uh, 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 keeping up the memorabilia and stuff. Which which sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I did, but I don't really keep track of all of that stuff
1: no. You speak a lot of languages. One word to describe the NBA that's not an English word, please.
2: Ça malade. <laughs> And the translation is that's bad, that's crazy, it's woo. that gives you headache. Yes, fever in Creole. Malad. Doesn't mean salad. Samalad. <laughs> Samalad, yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks to Ronnie for his time on the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle. Really interesting to talk about Ronnie. I was a big Laker fan growing up and I remember watching him. His energy, the energy he brought. You know, it's it's, it's hard to ask a guy, you know, how how are you, you know, creating this tower waving? Why are you so energetic uh, on the bench? Because you want to acknowledge that they were playing as well. But for Ronnie, what stood out was his the charismatic way he played the game, the way he supported his teammates. But surprisingly, he, he says in that interview that he was a shy guy. You know, he didn't like talking too much. And people would assume that he was ill or not, you know, feeling good if he wasn't talking because you see him on the television during games and he's He's really going all in for it. And what I learned in that interview as well, that he wore 21, the number 21, because of Tim Duncan, one of his heroes growing up. And great that he could get to know Tim Duncan during his own career. Now, as I mentioned, the NBA is in London this week, so it's great for UK fans and, and guys in Europe as well, obviously coming over to to watch the game. Indiana against Denver. It's not the most tastier matchups. We have some great alumni over in London this week, ahead of the game. Isaiah Thomas, Ronnie Turiaf, like we've spoken to already on this show. Marcus Camby's here. Decambi Matumbo. John Amici's around doing some work as well. So lots of star power in town. And, of course, NBA fans all around continental Europe and the UK. When that game, when this game comes to London, that's what you're looking for, star power. Paul George is the big one for Indiana, of course. Miles Turner, another one, very young guy at centre. He'd been very good this season, improving year on year. And Denver have got, you know, an interesting team. It seems that half of that roster is currently being shipped. Wilson Chandler, Kenneth Farid. It's a really difficult situation when at the start of the season you've got Yusuf Nurkic, the Bosnian centre, who's starting at centre and Nikola Jokic at the power forward position. And that's how you expect it to go. But then Jokic starts to take over at centre, has the bulk of the minutes and the Nuggets realise that they are better building around him. Nurkic doesn't play as much he's coming off the bench so he's been talked about in trade rumours Kenneth Fareed too like I mentioned Wilson Chandler so you've got guys who are coming to London it's a long trip knowing that they not, they might not be with the team after February the 23rd when the trade deadline hits in the NBA but they've got European players and that's the exciting thing about watching this game here Daniele Gallinari is another one Gary Harris is a talented young man uh, who was injured earlier in the season but he's back and ready to go so Yes, not the best of matchups the NBA has to offer, but you know the commissioners in town, the alumni, like I mentioned, and I, we usually get a competitive game at least, so I'm hoping for that again. The NFL has been very busy, of course. The wildcard weekend didn't really, didn't really live up to its billing. I mean, I'm not sure how big the billing was, to be honest with you. The closest game was between Oakland and Houston, which was a 13-point game, 27-14. The Texans were winners. What did we really learn this weekend about these teams that won? Out of Houston, who beat Oakland, Seattle beat Detroit, Pittsburgh beat Miami, and Green Bay beat the Giants. What do we learn? If we go with the Texans-Raiders game, I think we we, we realise that the, tech, the Texans would have lost this one. If Derek Carr was playing for Oakland, I think the Raiders had more than enough to beat them. But Brock Osweiler played well. I think for a guy who tries too hard almost to Im- impress people on and off the field... He did have a good game, and he was due one. All season, he's been bad. He was due a high performance, and that's what you pay the money for. But now they go into New England to face uh, the Patriots. Seattle, well, they got Thomas Rawls back. That's the big thing we learned from this one. It's the most important thing for them, that offensive line. Keeping Detroit at six points as well, showing that they do have that defense still to compete in the playoffs. And, of course, the drought goes on for the Lions. But the Seahawks, that's what they need. That's their formula. They need to play good D. They need to protect Russell Wilson. And they need to score points. On the running game as well, in the playoffs, that's so important. And Pittsburgh, I think out of the whole the whole lot this week, and we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers, Pittsburgh looks so good. First playoff game we've had where Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio Brown are all on the field at the same time. And you can argue that all three of those positions, they have the best player in the league. Le'Veon Bell is something else. When this guy's on the field, and he has to understand now, no more no more suspensions, please, because he is so fun to watch and so key to the Steelers. The way he runs the football is not accepted in most places. Most coaches will say, run the ball up in there. If you see a hole, hit that hole. Hit the gap quickly while your line are helping you. Le'Veon Bell takes one, two steps, surveys the line, surveys the field, takes his time, waits for any creases to become available, And he's so slippery, right or left. He doesn't like to go straight up the gut. He'll take his time, beat defenders. I think the Steelers at one point used him on eight consecutive drives before he scored a a touchdown. Roethlisberger, though, why is he still in the game near the end? You see him with a, a boot now, an ankle support after this game. Take your starters out, Mike Tomlin. You're beating Miami very easily. Big margin, no need to risk him. You've got these three playing now, and you've got to go into Kansas City next week. The Giants and the Green Bay Packers. We talked last week about how Odell Beckham and the rest of the Giants opened themselves up for criticism going to Miami on this party boat. It had nothing to do with Odell Beckham dropping passes. The weather had a lot to do with Odell Beckham dropping passes. The weather had a lot to do with the Giants playing poorly, but really what it came down to was that New York played a bad game and Aaron Rodgers is just plain ridiculous. The last eight or nine games, Rodgers has been insane. And if you have said halfway through the second quarter when it looked like it was going to be a defensive scrappy game, the Giants, here we go again, white playoff kit, blue helmet. We've seen this before. They've gone into Green Bay twice and gone on to win Super Bowls. They look good. Their defense, one of the best in the league this season, was keeping Green Bay at bay. Um, the Giants weren't taking advantage of it with points. And then at the end of the first half, Aaron Rodgers throws the Hail Mary. One of his best passes it's become in the game he really throws it up high gives his receivers a chance and Randall Cobb comes down with it the Giants were man watching they should be ball watching in this situation it's not like football here watch the ball get it away from any receiver they didn't do so and Rodgers was just insane he ripped the Giants defense apart and that was without Jordy Nelson as well he went out with the rib injury early on but the divisional round will be more exciting you have to think with that slate first in the NFC Seattle at Atlanta this is time for Matt Ryan now. He's got to step up. Playoff time. Um, he's not really had a. He's not really got a track record in the postseason. And Atlanta can be the most dangerous offense in the league. The other one in the NFC, Green Bay at Dallas. This is tough for Dallas because they probably didn't want to face the Giants because they've lost two games to them already this season. They lost three games in the regular season, and the the two that really counted when they had everyone healthy the last week, week 17 against the Eagles was a kind of so so game. Those two games they lost to the Giants, they'd be thinking about that if they came to play them again in the playoffs. But Green Bay, because of the quarterback, I think is a more daunting proposition. The Packers, they need Nelson back. They need to strap him up and make sure he's ready to go. I think if they were at home, they could be favourite without Nelson, but on the road it's going to be more difficult. But Dallas's offensive line gives them a huge chance. We talk about the best offences, and you obviously look at New England and Pittsburgh and Atlanta. But Dallas has that O-line to protect Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott will run the ball. And we mentioned that's so important in the postseason. But this looks like the pick of the bunch. Pittsburgh at Kansas City could be potentially as well. And these are the two Sunday games, the Dallas game and the Chiefs game. What a back-to-back slate that is. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Big Ben has to be fully recovered there for them to have a chance. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell together against KC. Now, I think KC are... Not favoured because Alex Smith's at quarterback. And that's unfair on Alex Smith, who is known as, to most as a game manager. But there have been great game managers down the years, and he's one of them. Kansas City is a very good team. Tyreek Hill, going to make some plays. Their secondary is very good. And then the final game, Houston at New England. The biggest point spread we've seen uh, in some time. The Patriots looking to go to the conference game. And play the Pittsburgh or Kansas City. They have home field throughout the playoffs. But no game is easy in the postseason. They have to still get the job done. And Brock Osweiler, how can we forget, beat the Patriots for the Broncos last season while he was playing uh, in the absence of Peyton Manning. So four improved games, certainly, this week in the NFL from last week's disappointing Wild Card Weekend, especially Sunday. Keep your eyes on that one. Steelers at Chiefs, followed by Packers at Cowboys. Carl Corver is heading to Cleveland. Um, a very interesting trade in the NBA. Uh, the first of its kind, really. It only took us seven days in the new year to get this first big deal done. Remember, 23rd of February is the trade deadline in the NBA. So you're going to see a lot of movement between now and then. So the Cavs acquire 14-year veteran Kyle Korver. They let go of Mike Dunleavy, Mo Williams, which is irrelevant, really. No disrespect to those two. And a 2019 top 10 protected pick. That's the important one right there. Essentially, the Cavs have given up a future first-rounder and a low first-rounder at that for Corver's expiring contract. He's 35 years of age. He's earning $5.2 million this season. So what, what are the Cavs getting? You don't usually give up a first-round pick for an aging veteran. Who's on an expiring contract? They're getting one of the greatest three point shooters we've seen. Career forty three percent shooter from that range, eighth on the all time three point list. Great locker room guy as well. And obviously we and we saw that Atlanta very sad to see him go. They gave up a first rounder for this guy. It's not like getting Channing Frye or Mike Dunleavy for free. This was completely different. But Corver wasn't getting open looks in Atlanta. Crucially, Cleveland is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, and this is how you build around LeBron James. 55% of his assists go to three-point shooters. Corver's not a great defender, but 80% of it is turning up, and he does that. He will not give you mental errors. He won't give you lapses on defense. And if you've got a point guard who doesn't shoot the ball well, Cleveland can hide Corver on that guy on D. His volume of threes will go up, that's for sure. He was the focal point, if you remember, uh, the 2015 Atlanta Hawks, who won 60 games. Great season. And and uh, strange now to see that the only starter remaining on that team is Paul Millsap. Uh, the trade rumors have now gone. The Atlanta have said they're not going to look at trade offers for him. Carl Korver moved to the Cavs, kind of opened up the talk that Millsap could be moved. Um, Denver actually being one of them, who are in London right now. But Corver was that main focal point. You know, coaches realize that we have to scheme for Carl Korver. He's a dangerous player. And the Cavs... They've already got enough attention on LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Kyle Korver is going to get a lot of open looks. He doesn't have to worry about running through three screens and doing all these flare cuts and, and curls around screens. He can just stay on the perimeter and wait for LeBron to pass the ball to him. Can he stay on the floor against the Warriors? That's another big question. I guess he could guard Andre Godala, but we'll have to see about that. If he's in the rotation by uh, the mid-January, we're going to see them play in Golden State. But I like the pickup for Cleveland. They gave up a lot for him with the first-round pick. Um, but I think it's a championship move. They need to add to their roster. They need to add another point guard as well before the end of play. But let's wait and see how the Warriors react now. How will they come back on this? Because they know that they need to fill uh, holes as well. Cleveland improved. How will the rest of the league improve? And I mentioned at the top of the show about the Jacksonville Jaguars, London's team bringing in Doug Marone as head coach. So he was an assistant. Promoting him to the head coaching role certainly means that they will be sticking with Blake Bortles. Tom Coughlin comes in to r- uh, work in the front office as well. I like the move of Tom Coughlin. I'm not so sure about Doug Marone. You are sticking with Blake Bortles? You feel like you have to justify that draft pick? Uh, let's see if it will become successful because every season we go into a new Jaguars year and we say lots of talent this is the year they make the step I think we all learned not to do that in 2016 but Doug Marone is their new head coach that's just about all I've got time for on today's podcast Ronnie Turieff was great I really appreciate him coming onto the show really fun to talk with him I hope everyone enjoys the game in London on Thursday. The Indiana Pacers and the Denver Nuggets. Remember, you can watch that game on BT Sport as well if you so like. They are streaming it on Facebook Live too, so all of that to come. You can find the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle on iTunes. Please download and subscribe from there. You can also leave me a lovely review if you so wish, or a horrible review. Uh, you can also go on Audioboom. The official page for the podcast is on there. You can follow the show, and I'm on Twitter if you want to shout me a message at max underscore whittle remember our sponsor redzonesports.com go on there double your stake money enter deposit code ussp at checkout until next time enjoy the games